Well, tonight we are going to look at Jonah, and we are going to look at Jonah through this book, Foundations. I've mentioned these books before. There's a kid's version, a teen's version, and an adult version, and it's a 260-day Bible reading. And what it does is, you know, many times, December 31st, January 1st, we say, oh, we need to get a Bible reading plan, and then we start pretty faithfully, January through February, around February 1st, like, oh, I'm 10 days behind, start again next year. And so, but 260 days isn't saying ignore some parts of Scripture, but it is pointing out in the fact that we are busy and we might not be able to read the Bible every day, um, or we might not be able to do in-depth Bible reading. So 260 days takes the main themes throughout the Bible, and it doesn't hit every passage of Scripture, and it studies the Bible in-depth. Through um, through a process or through an acronym called um, HEAR, highlight, explain, apply, and respond. And we'll talk about that acronym in just a few minutes. But tonight we're going to look at Jonah one and two, very popular passage. You've probably read it at least a dozen times. And we're going to apply this this acronym HEAR, highlight, explain, apply, respond through that acronym. But we'll start off by reading Jonah chapter one. Jonah, anybody's favorite Old Testament story? Anybody? Jack says it's up there. It's tied, maybe. All right. Jonah 1 and 2. It's remarkable how short this book is. Jonah's a little bit longer. Or Jonah 1's a little bit longer. Gets us into the background. But Jonah's two, Jonah 2 is pretty much just his prayer as he comes from the belly of the fish, uh, the great whale, whatever you want to call it. Jonah 1. All right. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come upon me, has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? Talk about 20 questions. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because He had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. 
Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed, key word, a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now on to chapter 2. Oops, I forgot to put chapter 2 in there. I'll I'll read chapter 2 from my Bible. Chapter 2. Then Jonah Pray to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple." The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Amen. All right. Well, this is uh, the first two chapters of Jonah. It's half of the book. You know Jonah's only four chapters, so we read half of one of the minor prophets. But what we're going to do tonight is go through this process. Let's see. There we go. I forgot I had this. Okay. um, We're going to go through this process of here. You can write this down, or I'll try to email it out to the church family later. But here means highlight, explain, apply, respond. Basically, reading, meditating, and applying on Scripture. Sometimes when I read scripture, I go through it, you know, whether it's at lunch or in the morning, and I've got this mental checklist, okay, go through a chapter, stop, you know, pick it up tomorrow morning, or go to a certain st- point, stop, and pick it up tomorrow morning. And it's, I mean, that's fine, and you know, don't want to discourage you from reading your Bible, but it's often better sometimes to read a smaller chunk of scripture and apply it to your own life. So whether it's two verses or two chapters, this is going to teach us how to apply scripture. So there's the acronym, highlight, explain, apply, respond. So first, highlight. Um, This is important because we're going to do this together in just a few minutes. Highlight the verses that speak to you. There's no right or wrong answer here. You know, what are the verses that speak to you? Write the name of the book. Which chapter and verse numbers stand out to you? It's a little bit repetitive there, but again, when you're highlighting, you're literally, like you're preparing for a test, you're highlighting the, the main things that jump off the page to you. So E, you know, these books are $15, and you really don't need the books. You're not trying to 
not sell a book from robbing Candy Galley, but um, really they're just providing you places to write. It's really just a journal for you to, and it gives you a summary of the passage you're about to read versus to memorize, but I'm teaching you it's in the book tonight, so you don't even have to buy it. So just need, um, you just need a journal with you as you go through this. So E, what does the passage mean? To whom was it originally written? Why? How does it fit with the verses before and after it? And what is the Holy Spirit intending to communicate through this text? Now, as you go through this, that doesn't mean you've got to hit every question. You know, I got to get. You know, I know I can imagine Mike saying, "Oh, I got to get every single question. It's very um, detailed and engineer-like." So, you know, if you you know short on time, you just get two questions of the four. But trying to talk about who was this passage intended for and what is the Holy Spirit teaching us through the text. So now, a apply. What is God saying, what God is saying in these verses to your life? What does this mean today? How can you apply this message to your life? Now, R, respond to what you've read. In what ways does this passage call you to action? How will you be different because of what you've learned? And then last, this is a very helpful thing, write out a prayer to God. I mean, I'm so encouraged when I see Susanna or Sadie or any of my children writing out a prayer to God because it's their heartfelt prayer to God. Any of us can write out prayers to God in response to what you've written. Go ahead to the next one, Stephen. So now, this is my summary of Jonah 1 and 2. God called the prophet Jonah to proclaim his message of judgment on Nineveh. However, Jonah chose instead to board a ship going in the opposite direction. Because he fled, the Lord sent a storm that brought Jonah face to face with his sin and a large fish. From inside the fish, Jonah agreed to be his prophet. One of the themes of this book is God's salvation. First, the sailors were physically saved when God stopped the storm. Then in chapter 2, Jonah was physically saved by God. This set the state for spiritual salvation through repentance that was at the heart of Jonah's message for the Ninevites. God offers all people salvation through the work of Jesus who died on the cross to save us from our sins. And we are able to share this good news with others. So that's just a quick summary. So now, let's, um, I'm giving you my answers here, but I'm going to have you give me your answers as well. Number one, let's highlight the name of the book. What's the name of the book? Jonah, all right. Everybody gets 100% so far. All right, so which chapter and verse number stand out to you? Now, this is time that there will be a little bit of silence, but go through chapter 1 and 2. What are some verses that as we were reading it, or as you've read it before, it was like, wow, that really jumps off the page to me. Verse number 2. Of chapter 1. Verse 2 of chapter 1. Why does that stand out to you? Now, this is 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 extra credit. This isn't included in here, but now I'm asking you, why does it stand out? Uh-huh. Who's being called out to go outside his comfort zone and go to a non Jewish population group, to a Gentile group. That's good. In the Old Testament. Yeah, so, so we see them going to Nineveh, which is a barbaric society that loved to plague Israel and harass, murder, and take people's slaves back to Nineveh. To them. To them for giving them mercy. Yeah. That, 
Now, don't get too far ahead of yourself. I know, yeah, that, that's good. But yeah, in my mind, I think, uh, here's these evil people, and I would think God would say, you know, in my mind, run away. You know, they're over there. Get as far away as possible. So yeah, that is interesting. God sending Nineveh or sending Jonah to Nineveh. Okay, somebody else. What what other verse? I won't I won't make you uh, elaborate why it's why it stands out to you. But what's another verse that pops out to you as you're reading through this these two chapters? Verse five. The Mariners, not the baseball team, were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo and that in the ship. And that was in the ship and the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down fast asleep. Yeah, the two parts there. It's interesting how in the midst of trouble, they're all calling out to their God. They're all calling out for somebody to help them. But the second part of the verse is always what stuck out to me. You know, my parents used to say, we'd go on vacation. We'd, as a kid, we'd always go to Lake of the Ozarks on vacation. And they'd say, as soon as we'd back out of the driveway, Stephen was asleep. And so I could picture myself as, as Jonah, just falling asleep anywhere, you know, see waves crash around me, tornado, cyclones, falling asleep. But here, it's even crazier because Jonah knew better. I mean, he had something to keep him up at night, but he's still falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, it's, these are not calm waves. Yeah. Other, other verses, I mean, one more person. Verse 14 of chapter 1. It's got to be chapter 1. Okay. They called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. Okay, so they've already pinpointed that it's Jonah. Jonah fesses up. Okay, it's me. It's, he, let's go back to verse 9. After, they, after the, the light is cast on Jonah, and he's pinpointed out, he gives quite the theological statement. He says, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He gives us quite a great statement. It's like, well, then why didn't you obey him? You know, I know God. I fear him, and he created all things, but I decided to run away. But anyway, so you now in verse 14, they pinpoint it's Jonah. And they call out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased to you. So, yeah, I, I had highlighted that verse as well. I think, so yeah, chapter 1, verse 14. Because these pagans, these sailors, you know, you think of people, you know, mouth of a sailor, um, these sailors know God can have mercy on them. So even in the midst of dire situation, they're saying, Lord, Please have mercy on us. That's good. That's good. All right, let's go to the next one. Is uh, explain. To whom was the book written? Why? What is the Holy Spirit intending to communicate through this text? Um, this is an interesting book, you know, kind of like Song of Solomon. You're not exactly sure who's writing or why they're writing, but Jonah is most likely writing, but he's writing from third person. And so it's interesting, he's writing this. And so what is the Holy Spirit intending to communicate through this text? So Jonah's writing in third person. He he writes around 750 BC. I didn't come up with that, of course. I'm consoling commentaries. We can't explain God, nor can we try to thwart his plan. Or we can't escape God, not explain. We can't escape God, nor can we try to thwart his plan. God is compassionate and merciful, not just to the Israelites, but also to the Ninevites. So anybody else, what, what, is, what is the Holy Spirit communicating to us about chapters 1 and 2? I, I wrote, 
couple things up there, but that's not all there is to say. Anybody else? Yeah, that's right. I thought you were going to say, no matter what happens, we can't outrun God. But that's true too. But yeah, um, no matter what happens, God's going to use it for His purpose. And that's very good. Thank you, Stephen. Right. Yeah. Well, and as we think about the disconnect between Jonah's beliefs and his actions, you've heard it said before that some think this isn't true, that God is like a deist where he's like, um, he's wound up the clock or he's put us on earth and then he lets go and he's distant from us. That's a false belief. But he is interactive with us. He's personal. He's there very much with us. And so, as we read earlier, Jonah knew these things about God. He knew these theological facts that he's a Hebrew, that God created him, that um, these different things about God. But yet his life was doing something different. And so we can't be a hypocrite like Jonah saying, oh, I, I serve God. I'm a, you know, can you imagine what the sailors thought when he said who he said he was? And they, they you know, probably thought, well, if you know the living God, what are you doing on this ship? What are you doing running from God? And so we can't, uh, as one person says, we can't have cognitive dissonance you know, where we believe one thing in our mind but do something different with our lives. Anything else God is teaching us through this passage? God shows his mercy to all people. That's right. That's right. God is compassionate and merciful, not just to the Israelites, but also to the Ninevites. All right, go ahead, Stephen. All right, apply. So what does this mean today? Now, it's so important that we do this, but sometimes, like me, I'm tempted to start there. You know, okay, what does this passage mean to me today? Now, that's an important question, but notice that's the third one of here. Highlight, explain, apply, respond. And so applying and respond are important important and helpful, but first we got to look at the passage, look at it in context, explain who it's written to, explain what's going on there, and that's why Tom Schreiner talked about why we do obey some of the Old Testament, but why we don't obey other laws about wearing mixed garments. And so, again, before we apply it, we need to realize who it's written to. So how can you apply this message to your life? Well, God continues to use people to carry out his plan in spite of their own sin. I mean, he uses you. He uses me in spite of our own sin. You know, none of us say, okay, God, you can use me today because yesterday I was perfect. No, again, thank you, God, you're so merciful that you are still using me and demonstrating your glory through me. Then the second part, how can we apply this message to your life? God, this is a key key theme. God's sovereignty is key throughout this book. God is sovereign over all the events in the earth. He's sovereign over creation, the seas. They go up, they go down. Um, he's sovereign over the whale. He appoints a whale. He makes the whale vomit. Um, he is sovereign over uh, kings, nations, salvation, you and me. Someone read Jonah 2.9. If, if there was one verse in Jonah that was my favorite book, verse, it's Jonah 2.9. Salvation comes from the Lord. Now, unfortunately, well, both fortunately and unfortunately, but unfortunately, he's coming to this realization at in the belly of a whale. I mean, he had to get to that point, and so hopefully we don't have to get to that point. But yet, he did come to this realization. You know, thank God that we realize salvation comes from the Lord. Um. He is sovereign over you. He's sovereign over me. 
Um, again, he's sovereign over the details of your life. He's sovereign over the details of my life. So what are, what are some, I've, I've already, maybe I should have had you guys answer before I put my answers there, but what, how can you apply this message to your life as you look at these chapters, chapter 1, chapter 2? Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, God is not distant. I was thinking of chapter 2, verse 2. Look at that, that, that verse. Someone want to read that again? Jonah 2.2. 2. In the midst of distress, in the midst of thinking, nobody can hear me, God is distant, but yet, what does it say? You heard me. You heard my voice. You answered me. Anything else? I'm looking at these chapters. All right, let's look at the last one. Highlight, explain, apply, and now R, respond. In what ways does this passage call you to action? How you, will you be different because of what you've learned? Write out a prayer to God in response to what you read today. So I won't put my answers up there. That way you don't get a head start. Now I'll let you answer first. So what ways does this passage call you to action? Again, there's, this, there's two chapters here, so you can, there's a lot to go on. So how, how, does these, how do these chapters call you to action? To walk by faith? That's very true. Respond to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to allow God to use you. That's good. That's good. All right, second question. How will you be different because of what you've learned? So how does this passage impact your life? Some would say these are mythical stories. These are are stories of the past that are not true. Well, we know that the Word of God is living and true. Every word is true. And so we know that. But not only is it true, it applies to our lives today. So how how are we changed by what we read here in chapter 1 and chapter 2? That's right. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Think of Hebrews. It says the Lord does not leave us or forsake us. He provided... A whale, not what Jonah wanted, but then he provided the whale's stomach to get upset. That's what Jonah needed. (laughs) Anything else? All right, let's see what I wrote down earlier. So this is things you've already said. The passage calls us to obedience. Again, um, we could say that about every passage. It calls us to obedience to the Lord's commands. The passage teaches us to call out to the Lord. If these sailors can call out to the Lord, surely we can call out to the Lord in our distress. The passage calls us to be in awe of God and worship Him as God. This is amazing. In chapter 1, it's in the, the sailors, the mariners, they go from being afraid for their lives to then having a healthy fear of God to where we see down in verse 16, the men feared the Lord exceedingly. You know, again, there's an unhealthy fear, but now we see a healthy fear. They fear the Lord exceedingly, and they offer a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So this isn't just about what God did through Jonah. These sailors realize this is the God who made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and He He saved us. You know, we're, we're, we get to go back to land. Um, so they sacrificed to the Lord. They made vows to the Lord, and they worshiped the Lord. So they didn't go back to land the same way they were before they started. They were changed men. So the passage calls us to be in awe of God and worship Him as God. And I, I wrote, I'm changed by this passage as I remember the vanity of idols and the beauty of God. I said my favorite verse was 2.9, but look at the verse right before that, 2.8. 
almost sounds like a proverb. Those, it also sounds like Isaiah, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. We talked about John the Baptist speaking plainly and boldly, very clear that if you are worshiping idols, it's in vain. And if you're worshiping idols, your hope is in idols and it's a false hope. But steadfast love comes in knowing God and worshiping God. So the prayer that I wrote was, Lord God, teach me to submit to you in all things. Remind me that you are the sovereign God who reigns and rules over all. Let me rejoice in your compassion and mercy that you show all people because if we're honest, we're tempted to say, yeah, God, show mercy to him, but not to him. <laughs> not, not you, Paul. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's how we're, we're tempted to think at times. You know, if we're honest, we want God to, yeah, you really need to show mercy to these people. Well, they happen to be from my hometown too. But you really don't need to show mercy to these people. But that's not the way God works. He is a God who's merciful to all people. Thank you for showing me salvation and rescuing and for rescuing my life from the pit of despair. That's it. All right. So we did it. We went through Jonah 1 and 2, and that only took, I don't know, 20 minutes. Um, and it's just a great way to apply God's Word to your life, a great way to meditate and go back on it um, later to think about what God is doing through Scripture, through the prophets, but also through His people today. So again, I'll, I'll try to email that out. Um, if you want, you can purchase these at Lifeway. Um, but again, it's really just applying that and having a journal alongside with it. Um, but there's a great way. They, there are other things in there as far as summaries of the books and verses to meditate and memorize. But it's a great way. There's lots of, I'm sure you've learned other ways to study the Bible as well. This is just one way to kind of um, apply God's Word on the spot. All right. Let's pray together as we close. Um, How can we pray together? Or how can we pray for one another? I'll start by saying, continue to pray for Adam. Um, He's he's home, but he's still getting his nutrition through a bag, and all signs and roads look like he's heading towards a transplant. Now, the nice thing about his job is that he's in real estate, and so he's able to do a lot of his real estate online, and he's been able to have other people show houses. And while he was in the hospital, actually, he had two two deals go through. So he's had some money and, and compensation there. But um, for the most part, he's not been able to work. So pray, continue to pray for Adam. Other prayer concerns. How is um, Adrian's friend's son? Cody? Cody. All right. Can you get a pen for me? Okay.
A what CT scan? Oh. Oh, okay. I thought you said divine, like it was from God. Richard Bradfield? Bradford. Bradford. I know Bradfield. Bradford. Okay. Richard Bradford. I know Sheena mentioned this in her class this morning, but if you know anybody who's interested in a dog, we had we had two dogs, not not our dog, although sometimes we want to get rid of her, but um, we had two dogs just kind of dropped on us in our in our uh, gutter area. We found them, I think, on Wednesday, and we took them to the vet, and the vet said these dogs probably aren't going to live. They they're pretty sick, and they were dropped off on you on purpose, most likely. Well. Sheena, being the kind-hearted individual that she is, she's been feeding them dewormer and other medicines and giving them uh, Powerade through syringes, and uh, they have perked up tremendously. And so, yeah, these dogs have been getting better care than I have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, they're cute little dogs. Uh, they, in fact, they, they've perked up so much, they were fighting. Play, I mean, they're, they're puppies. I mean, they're probably just a couple months old. They were... Uh, fighting with one another and the white one was getting really aggressive with the brown one and uh, I was talking to it right before we left I said you gotta calm down but it just showed that they had perked up and so I think that they are boxer mixes um, I see boxer in the it might be a boxer pit mix because uh, yeah I know quite a, quite a combination because the brown one looks like a boxer and the white one looks like a pit so I think it's a boxer pit mix um, but anyway, if you know anybody who wants a dog, uh, we'll ship it to you. Uh, but yeah. Any, any other prayer requests? Smitty. We'll pray for him. Is he in Florida? He's in Florida. Okay. All right, well, let's pray together. Dear gracious Father, we thank you that you are the one true God and that just as we read that you are sovereign over all of creation, that you are sovereign over Jonah, the whale, the sailors, and you're sovereign over our lives. So, Father, we come to you asking for your mercy and grace. We ask for your compassion to be poured out upon us. We do ask for, the, for protection for these individuals we've prayed for, for Cody, for Smitty, for Richard, um, for Delane, and for Adam. Lord, I pray that you will um, continually show your mercy to us. And, Father, your mercies are new every morning. There's so many ways that we can praise you. Father, we do not have enough breath to praise your wondrous deeds. And Lord, we thank you for how you watch over us. So Father, we pray for your healing hand. 
whether it be through the healing of a kidney or through dialysis or through this heart procedure or through uh, the intestinal pains with Adam. We pray that for your healing hand. But Lord, even if the pains persist, even if the pain continues, Lord, I pray that we will praise you knowing that you have purpose in the pain. Lord, I pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that your name will be hallowed and set apart in our lives, that we will praise you, the maker of heaven and earth, in the midst of all that we go through. Father, we thank you for providing for us, for having jobs that we go to, for um, roofs over our head, food that we can eat, and clothing and shelter. We're so thankful for the many ways that you have blessed us. All that we have is from your hand. Lord, even when we say that, we confess our unbelief. So all that we have is from your hand. All that we have is good. So Lord, help us to praise you in the midst of trial and tribulation and praise you when we are rejoicing and all, everything seems to be going well. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for watching over us. We thank you for this time together. Help us to study your word Incline our hearts towards your word. And Father, we all could testify, every one of us could testify of how your word is not only true, but it's timely. It affects us day after day. We can open up your word, whether it be in Genesis or Revelation, and we see that it's timely. It affects us, and it is living and true. So Father, why would we not turn to your word, the words of life? So help us to meditate upon your word and apply your word. And Father, it's in your words that we find life, life everlasting. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who sets us free. It's in his name we pray. Amen.